This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Everybody should have smachot and good times and an amazing month for Klaishrov and Ahapachu. From all the bad should become good. And all the good should stay good, become better. Okay, so we're going to start with a little Dvar on Pasha. And then we'll go into Mishnechaz Adar, we're going to go into the, into the Megillah, and we have a lot of good things to talk about. Okay, so, very beautiful Pshat I saw. So it says that Moshe Rabbeinu made the menorah, so he didn't know how to make the menorah. So <laughs> he took, because Hashem said it had to be miksha, it had to be made out of one, one chunk of gold. He didn't know how to make it. So he took the he took a chunk of gold, he threw it into the fire, and out came a menorah. So they asked a beautiful question with a fantastic answer. So the the, the, the Kruvim, right, the cherubs, right, the Kruvim on top of the Oran Kodesh also had to be made out of one piece of gold. But there, he didn't throw it into the fire. Why not? It also had to be made out of it was very hard to make out of one piece of gold. Why, if he already did the Monero like that, why did he do the Kruvim like that? You ready? You know the answer, right? From Shechus Menachus, the Gemara Menachus, Dafkab Tess, Isa, it says, Shleishit Baramayu Koshin Lelamayisha, three things were very hard for Moshe until Akash Baruch who showed it to him with his finger. Ve'elohein, Menero, Rish Chaydesh, Ushratzim. The surface of Moshe, the Kikushet of Lahar, Moshebenu took the chunk of gold and threw it into the fire. And the menorah came out automatically from it, right? Lahavda, Lahavda, like Aaron threw the gold in the fire and out came an eagle. Right? But out came a menorah, Moshe Shem. My boy, Vashem, Shemashi, it's Kashem, it's a menorah. Moshe Benu didn't know how to make the menorah. It was made from one piece. To do this, he had to have God's help. Okay, understandable. I have a question. We have to think about this. How come Moshe didn't have the same problem with Kruvim to make Kruvim out of one chunk of gold? The same way he had problems making a menorah out of a chunk of gold. The Kruvim had to be made one chunk of gold together with the cover of the Anakaydesh. So it's made out of one, right? As it says in the public, it has to be made from one chunk of gold. And we don't see that Hashem helped him, like Hashem helped him with the Menorah. What do you think is the answer? Think a little bit. What do you think is the answer? The question is, the Menorah was made out of one piece of gold. Moshe Ben know how to do it. So he threw it to the fire. Hashem made the Menorah come out. The, the, the kapayrus, the top of the anakayrus, plus the kuvim, was made mikshach, and also had one piece of gold. Why did Hashem help him with that? Why the Vayvanur and not by the anakayrus? By the kuvim. Anyone out there listening in your car? What do you think the answer is? It's a passionate answer. It's a beautiful answer. What were the kuvim? Two angel-like with what kind of faces? Children's faces. When it comes to children, you got to do the work. Can't just throw it into the fire. When it comes to, you didn't see that coming? What a, what a fantastic terrence. 
When it comes to chinuch, you can't just, oh, the Rebbe will take care of it. You got to do the work. We learn from here, Musa Haskell, be eating chinuch habanim. When it comes to bringing up your children, the Krubim were in the shape of children. And the Torah wants to teach us a foundation in the teaching of your children. Children don't become huge in Torah and Yerushalayim on their own. You have to do a lot of work. Not only work, but you gotta pray a lot. And then, you will see Dvar Misharim, and he says, the Balagada says, Amoleinu Elo Abanim. When it says, Amoleinu, Lachatzeinu, Amoleinu, Ischenach. That's a very beautiful, I was in California, I just got back. I spoke at a car, I'm gonna talk about that tonight, and then I spoke at, Valley Torah, which is a school for girls, and we'll talk about that tonight also. What? You went there? Went to Valley Torah? No, for boys too. Amazing. It was so nice in the valley. I went, I went to speak for the Kailo in the valley. They have a Kailo in the valley, two hours every night they learn, they have a night Kailo. Huh? In Sino? I don't know. In, in the villa? In the, so I went, they made a dinner. This is such a gorgeous Zatara. So uh, let me let me let me back up and tell you what. Um, and we'll come back to this. Okay. And then we'll, we'll come back to this. Mishnichnas Simcha. So the question is that every, that I ask every year is when it comes to Ta'av, it tells you you can't eat meat, you can't listen to music, you can't drink wine, you can't go to weddings. It, you can't shave, so it tells you how not to have simcha. I had a Rebbe that said to me, he had a different tariff. He said, how come when it comes to mamatim b'simcha, it has to tell you how. When it comes to mam b'simcha, it doesn't tell you how. It says, doesn't tell you drink, doesn't tell you dance, doesn't tell you listen to music, doesn't tell you no homework, no tests. Right? To the yeshivish, they give tests and homework anyway, it doesn't make a difference. So, <laughs> You tell me to be happier, Chachamim, and Shukhanach, Shukhanach, right? But you didn't tell me how. You should naturally be a You should tell me how not to be a because you should be a Simcha. Oh. So my Rebbe said, to be a it's a natural Jew. You tell me not to be a I, I don't know how to do that. So you got to tell me, oh, no wine, no, no meat, no, no. Natural state is happy. I wish it was like that, really. I wish people were a lot happier. So a lot of people, won't. I, I, I have to tell you that I have never in my life gotten as many phone calls as I've gotten in the last two, three weeks. Just, I can't keep, I can't even call anyone back. I can't call anyone back. I, I just keep writing the messages. It's full all the time. 50 messages. Full, 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 full. And it's just pain. Just my daughter's off. My daughter's with a guy. My son is off. My son is a drunk. My son is addicted. Like, like I have the magic pill, whatever. It does not stop for one second. It does not stop. If I took out my tech messages right now and read them to you, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It's outdoor and it doesn't stop. The last two weeks been like, just getting worse, so worse, so much faster. Yeah, just read you what I just got. 
If you don't believe me, I'll show it to you. Good evening. I'd like to ask you about my son who is addicted to alcohol and drugs. I'm a girl, a girl Rebbe, right? When can I come to talk to you? Could you make me an appointment emergency? Just the whole day today, that's all that's, all that's happening, right? So, but I don't know. I don't know what to say. What? What? Mati Burger? Yeah, and? He's not happy, he is happy. A little kid. Right. I got a call that this girl who's in a psych ward, social worker from ACS, and they want to put this girl in a non-Jewish environment. I should do something. What am I going to do? She's in a psych ward, and they gave me the number. It's not normal. It's not normal what's going on. Sheikh is coming. When can I call you about a Pikuach Nefesh situation? I got this 20 minutes ago. Are you, are you available to talk anytime? I want to talk anytime I'll talk to you. Please let me know when is the best time to reach you about extremely urgent situation. <laughs> Crazy, we need help, we need help. We need money, we need help, we need people. That's what we need. Anyway, so you're saying, how to get off, that we're naturally happy. We're not naturally happy anymore. So much stuff going on. So many people in so much pain. Okay. Anyway, where was I going with this? So, why are we happy? So it's, Adar, the happiness that we have, the Shinichnas Adar, and Anapurim, is an emotional, um, an emotional, spiritual happiness. It's not a physical happiness. So you're, you're not gonna get, they're not telling us what, in other words, the other things, you don't drink wine, you don't eat wheat, you don't eat meat, you don't listen to music, those are physical things to make you unhappy. But here, what makes you happy is just automatically when, when they, when, when the first day of Adar, when Shkodesh Adar comes, you should be happy. What should you be happy about? You have the same business problems, you're still not married, your kids off the derech, what should I be happy about from the last day of Shvat to the first day of Adar, what changed? How am I supposed to be happy? Like, what do you want from me, rabbis? Like, I have the same problems. All these people on this, on this phone have the same problems today that they had three days ago. So what's supposed to make me happy? So there's two truths into this. Very deep. Very, very, very deep. Number one. There's something I talk about all the time. What should make me happy? So you're coming into this month of Adar and you've got all these problems. So why should I be happy in the month of Adar than I was two days ago, right? Shabbos, last Friday, let's say I wasn't happy, and then Sunday you're telling me to be happy. What happened to make me happy? So the answer is like this. Two answers. Answer number one. Esther Amalka, 
had a miserable life. I spoke yesterday in Valley Torah, is what I spoke about. Esther Malka had a miserable life. She, her father died when her mother was three months pregnant. Her mother died at childbirth. She never had parents. The Gemara says that Mordechai was so poor when he adopted her right away, right? She was born. We got a baby. We got no mom. We got no dad. He took her right away. She was a teenager. One day old. He took her. He had so no money to feed her that Hashem had to make a miracle that a part of his body, part of body changed and he was able to nurse her. So he needed a miracle because I guess he had no wife because it's only that he married her, right? So he had no one to nurse her. He had no one to feed her. He had no food. He had nothing, right? So she was born into a home that it seems to be was very poor. Even though Mordechai was a leader, so I don't know how why, but okay, whatever. The Medrash says that she was such a snua. She was like the Beis Yaakov girl. Like, she was such a snua. She never went out of the house. So when Achishvero sent out these guys looking for girls, she was safe. Because she wasn't out there. So let's go into her head. Let's go into Let's everyone here go tonight into Esther Hamal, before she's a Malka. Esther Zuhadasa, which according to one measure was, she was nothing pretty about her. She had a green complexion, which could be an olive complexion. Olive complexion is very beautiful. But some unfortunately say she wasn't beautiful at all. Just like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't talk so that the Mitra would never say, well, it's not a miracle. He talked us out of it. He's a big orator, right? So he had to, he had to list. If Esther would have been this gorgeous girl, then I, no, nothing, no miracle. Achishverosh was like, eh, she's like the number one model, like, hello. So, according to some unfortunate man, she made her so ugly that no one understood, like, she, why he would take her. And that's why the Pasuk says she was Matzachain. To show the Jews that it's not that she was beautiful, that's not what did it. Okay. So, you have this girl who has no parents. You growing up, you're like Hashem. I don't understand. Like, what's the deal? Like, 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 like my mother couldn't be alive for for five years until I was five years old. Not even in one minute. And and okay, but you know what? She was from. She davened. She 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 said to heal him a whole day, and she wore a long skirt, and 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 everything she did was her her. She was covered till her wrists, and and she was very close to Hashem, even though she went through this. And there's a knock on the door. She's supposed to be hidden, and there's a knock on the door. She's like. Who could be coming to the door? And she opens the door, and the, the the messengers of the king are like, "Young lady, you're going to the palace." And she's like, "Hashem, I'm a tsnua. I'm 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 a tsnua. I'm, I'm one of yours." And I dive in, and I'm so close to you. How could you do this to me? You we don't even understand what we don't understand what a Persian palace was like. It was a harem. There were a thousand women or more women. And he was with a different girl every night. Do you understand who this guy was? He was with a, no one left there the way they came. He was with every single girl. He took him to his bedroom every single night. He was a low life. He was such a low life. And, and you're taking this special from sneeistica girl, right? And you're putting him into this, you're putting him into this, Palace of harlots and 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 and, 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 and harem. 
Okay, what does she have to worry about? Hashem's going to protect her, right? That's what I went. It was one of my students, right? She would have said, listen, I'm going in front of the king. He's picking like, I'm like, okay, listen to me. I got a plan. This is the plan. No makeup. Would you put on any makeup? No eyeshadow. No, would you do any nail polish? No oil, no perfume. Make it, don't make your hair look nice. You go up there in front of him so ugly. There's no way he's going to pick you. He has, he, has, he has girls from every nation, from everywhere. He had like Miss Universe. Miss Universe. Right? She's like, okay, of course Hashem's going to protect me. Even if I was beautiful, Hashem's going to protect me. I'm a good girl. I never did an Avera. I never talked to a guy. I don't have an iPhone. I, 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 I don't have Facebook. I'm, I'm like, of course Hashem's going to protect me. Right? And she comes in front of the king. You can imagine her head was down. Right? She, she's in snow up. Like, there's no way every girl in front of her, like, gorgeous girl from Africa, from everywhere. Like, for sure I'm not going to get picked, Hashem, Hashem. She was probably saying to Hillam. She was probably saying, ain't Omovado under her breath. Right? And he's like, you! I want you to be my wife! Hashem, no! What are you doing? Right? After losing parents, after hiding away and being chosen, like, how could you still stick to Hashem? Like, did everything right, and God is not helping you. He is sticking you into, to be with Achashverosh, whether she was with Achashverosh, it's a machlekes, if she slept with Achashverosh, or she created, like, sorry, you may know she created a Shindalid that was instead of her. There's a whole thing on it. Very interesting. I have a whole safer on it. Because it, sorry, you may know created a Shindalid woman that looked exactly like Sarah, because, you know, they could look exactly except for their feet. By Avram Avinu. And, and, by, I mean, by, by Paro. And it says here that Esther also did the same thing. There's a question. She, he was a guy, she was a Jew, how could she be with him? So it says, it says she was like Karka, whatever. But a, the, the Medrash says that she created the Shindalid, and she sent him in. So they ask a big Kasha, because he had a baby with her. Kairish, the one who built the base of Migdash. So they say, can a Shindalid have a child? She was a Shindala, then it wasn't Esther's child, it was right. But that answers the question, because the, because the Allah is that if you're married, right, and then if you're married, and then you sleep with someone willingly, right, you're also Labayova, also Labal. So how could she go back to Mordechai? How could she go back to Mordechai? She went willingly to the king, right? She went to the king. The reason she did not want to go to the king was. But she knew, it's not like Rachli Meno, it's not, it's unbelievable. She knew that if she goes to the king willingly, so he wasn't ma'anes her, he didn't force her, so she's committing adultery. She's married to Mordechai, she's committing adultery. If she goes willingly, then she's done. She can't never go back to Mordechai. And it brings down when he said, Al-Tadami ben Nafshech, don't worry about your neshama, because you're doing an Aveira, whatever it is, and you're going for Klaistro. There's a lot of stuff written there. It's amazing to learn about that whole subject. And Lamaisa, according to Waman the Yomar, she created a Shindalit, so that whole thing is off. She never was with him. The Shindalit was with him. But let's not go according to that, because that's a little bit out of the box. But Lamaisa, she gave everything up for Klaistro. So you have this girl that's doing everything right, and everything is going wrong. And now, in the end, he's telling her, Mordechai, that you only care about yourself, 
If you don't go, your father's household and your and your household and everything is going to be lost. And don't you think for one second that because you're not going to stand up for us, that we're not going to be saved. That we're not going to be saved. So I told the girls yesterday, I said, I talk about this all the time. I said, listen, a person, Roshim Shepinka says that we go through in life, most of the stuff we don't have a choice, that you're a guy, that you're a Jew, who your parents are, who your kids are, who you marry 40 days before. So he says, why does a person live if he has no choice? So he said, the only thing a person has a choice is what do you do with the things you have no choice? That you are a guy, that you learn, that you are a Jew, that those are your parents, that that's where you live, that that's who your wife is, right? You can either step up, right? Or you can step out. You can do one of the two. That's your choice. Choice is what do you do with those? So you didn't have parents. He picked you. You're in the worst place in the world. So what are you going to do? You're going to step out or you're going to step in? So that's what, that's what Mordechai said to her. He said, so now what are you going to do? You're going to step out? Are you, you're not going to go? You're not going to save us? You're going to step out? Don't you think if you step out, nothing else is going to happen? He said, I asked the girls, I told them yesterday when I was in California, I said, I said, in, in the next world, like no matter what happens to you, you go through trauma, whatever you went through in your life, abusive parents, whatever, whatever happened, right? You go through this trauma, and you have a choice to step in and step out, either to use it to help others or not to use it at all and go off the derach, right? You have that choice. People go through abuse, you have that choice. You could either, if you can, if you have the strength to get up and go help kids through abuse and become a Rebbe and make sure that your kids in your class don't get abused, to, to talk about it, to become a therapist, whatever you can, because I know the, I know the pain, so I wanna, I wanna help them, right? I said, but if you think that you're not gonna step in, right, that, Oh, so kids who are being abused and no one's going to help them? No, it's going to, you have, it's going to come from somewhere else. And that's the biggest Gehenna. The biggest Gehenna, I, 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 I said, in the next world, I think everyone goes into that room. And sometimes it's a good room, sometimes it's not a good room, right? Here, this is what I told them in, in California. I think it's very fascinating. So you come up to Shemayim, right? You come up to Shemayim after 120 years, and they put you in a room. Now, there's two choices in what movie you're going to see. If you went through hard times and you stepped in and you used your trauma to help others, you built yeshivas, you 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 became a therapist, you were a mechanic, whatever, whatever you did, you 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 became a nurse, you became a doctor, whatever it is, you used your trauma, whatever your trauma was, it could be a million different traumas, you used it, struggle muscle to help others. So you used your potential. So you just what so, happened to you and turn it to good. All right. Yeah. Well, I talk about this all the time. I said that, that you know, uh, I went through some stuff when I was a kid. And, or now about terrorist now, everything that I do that I'm here giving a year was because in 12th grade I decided to step in, even though nobody ever expected Wallerstein to become a Rebbe. But I decided that if I'm a Rebbe, the 25 kids in my class, what happened to me is not going to happen to them, Right. And then Rebbe, and then Ornava, and Ataras Nava, and Nabuch Hashem. In two weeks, we're open up, man. We got, as big as a miracle that I got the, the ranch upstate and the whole story, the clinical director of this ranch is even bigger. Not Stam. Not Stam. Someone, probably the best in the world. By accident. Totally. No headhunter. It's a crazy story. It's not for tonight. But anyway, um, so, so, so here you are. And you, and you and you open up all these different things. And I always ask girls, I say, what happens if I would have stepped out? 
let's say I wouldn't, I would have, I would have not made that decision and just been angry at what happened to me and stepped out of Yiddishkeit and been OTD, right, off the derech, married a guy, ate tray from all that stuff. And I came up to Shemayim, right, and I said to the girls, like, what would they do to me? They're like, well, they'll throw you in hell. They'll throw you to Gehenna. You married a guy, you had children, a guy, you ate trade, you never put on tool, you didn't daven. I said, no, they, I don't know if they would do that. I said, because I would show them what happened to me in third grade, and the rabbis would sit there and watch what happened to me, and in the next world you don't see, you feel, they would feel all my pain as a little boy going into first grade, right before I got beat up, and then second grade, right before I got beat up, and we'd see all that pain, the rabbis would say, like, wow, this kid went to hell already, he was in Gehenna already, like, we can't send him back to Gehenna, but we can't send him to Gehenna then. He knew what he missed, they put on tool, they married a guy, like, we can't, those guys don't go to Gehenna So what are we doing him? So I asked my, my, asked my seminary girls, what would you do with me? You're the judges. What would you do with me? Like, we'd send you back down to Shema, to Aretz. I'm like, there's no return trip. It was my third trip, right? There's no return trip. What would you do with me? I said, I don't know. I said, I'll tell you what they'd do. They'd put me in a room, and they would show me that if I wouldn't have stepped out, my wife, my kids, my grandchildren, all my Yom Tovim, Ornava, Teres Nava, Benochaya, Teres Miriam, the ranch, you guys, Chabur Tuesday night, Chabur Wednesday night, all the people that I helped, right? And they would say, if you would have stepped in, this is what you would have been able to do in your life. And you'd be sitting there like, oh my God, I could have done all that. Could you give me another chance? There's a big sign, by the way, in every room, in Jemayim, no more chances. It's a big sign. You, you don't get another chance. It doesn't work that way. Finality. That's it. It's not like in life you can change. Once you're gone, you're gone. You're done. It's over. So I said, sitting in that room and watching your potential unrealized, what you could have been, you didn't you didn't become, and watching it for infinity over and over and over and over. It doesn't stop that movie. Forever. It's the biggest Gehenna that could happen. And on top of that, they show you the person that did everything you did it. You think you're sitting there, okay, I didn't do it. No, so nobody did it. Now, says Mordechai, Yavo, the, the saving, Klaisho is going to be saved, Hatzala, from someone else. Hashem needs to save. He needs to, Hashem needs to learn Ava. He needs an Ataris Nava. He needs, a, he needs all these things. He needs a ranch. You think if you did, Wallstein, you didn't do the ranch, there wouldn't be a ranch? There'd be a ranch. There'd be a Teres Nava, be Ornava. There'd be a Teres Miriam. You think there'd be no more Mir Yeshiva? If it wasn't for that rabbi? No, there's going to be a Mir Yeshiva. But someone else is going to get to do it. That's Gehenim. When not only you're watching that you didn't do it, you're watching the other person that did it who was put in there because you didn't do it. Oh, man. Oh, man. How do you deal with that? And that's what Mordechai said. Not even did. Oh, did I, did I have a time yesterday in that school? Wow. Not even did. Listen to what Mordechai says, guys. Listen to what he says. Oh, that had to hurt. He says, let's read it from inside. If you're gonna waver at this moment, you think that because you wavered and you didn't go, that the Jews are dead? No, you're just not gonna have the chance to be the heroine, to be the one that saved them. 
right? He says, but in Everything that you did, if I want it to happen, someone else is going to do it. That really hurts. When you don't do something and somebody else does it instead of you, that really hurts. So, that's what, that's what he said to her. He said, you think, oh, well, if I don't do this, no one's going to be able to do it. If I don't give tzedakah, so that's, the building's never going to happen, the building's going to happen, it's going to have someone else's name on it. I'll tell you that much. Some people I went to for Arnava to help me and, and for the things that I do and they didn't help me and they figured that, that okay, if I don't give him money he's not going to open. Hashem, you don't want to give him money? Yeah, you're not going to have this Christmas stuff. This guy's going to give money. It's going to come from somewhere else. It's going to come from somewhere you don't even expect. God gets done what he wants to get done. It's a, it's a, it's a schus for you to be the shliach. So he picked you, the king. I, people ask me, I'm like, I'm like, it's the biggest crush. The king picked me? Of, 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 of nine million Jews? He picked me to do Arnava? To open up a ranch for girls? That's sick. So I'm not going to do it? I'm going to step aside? Step aside and say, you'll do it. Well, he'll do it. Yeah, yeah. Someone else is going to do it. It's going to happen. People think they're like, it's all about me. It's nothing to do with you. You're a shliach. You're a lucky guy that the king gave you something to do. But if you don't want to do it, you say no. You give it to someone else who will gladly run with it. And that's what that's what that's what he, that's what Mordechai told told Esther. But now why 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 did she have to lose her parents? And the answer is because the Medrash says that the whole thing started with the party. So there was a party. And by the way, people think Achishverosh was stupid. Achishverosh was not stupid. Achishverosh and Haman were not stupid at all. And who was Haman? Who was Haman? Says the Gemara. Haman menatayra minayin. Where do you know Haman from the Torah? Where do you see his name? And it's not from Haman, the man that fell. No. That's not where it's from. It's from the Nachash. Nachash ha'yaro mikolches ha'sada. Right? And it says, after he ate from the tree, Hashem said, Hamina eitha shetzibisichol v'vilti ocham imeno achalto? Is it possible that you didn't, you ate from the tree that I told you not to eat? So Hamina H is Haman. So the whole thing, we don't have time tonight really to get into this, but the whole thing, this whole situation brought down is a re-war between Haman, which was the Nachash, against Chava, which was Esther, and Mordechai, which was Adam. So it was once again the war of the Nachash, which is Amalek, which is the Nachash, to destroy Klai Yisrael, again, with Adam and Chava. To bring back the hate of Adam and Chava. How do you know this, guys? Nayudik. What was the, what was the Eitzadas? What was it made out of? Anyone know what the Eitzadas was? Grapes, a vine. So, the Nachash got Adam and Chava to do their vera with what? Wine. What was Achishverosh's party called? 
Anyone here know? What's it called? Mishte Yayin. It was called the Mishte Yayin. There was no music. There was a lot of food. Why is it, why is it called Mishte Yayin? The whole party was based on Yayin. Because Yayin is where the Nachash got us. Haman's whole thing was to make a Mishte Yayin. What happened after we ate from the Eitz and Das? What, what, what happened? No, we realized that we were what? What did, what did he ask, um, what's the name to come down? Bashti? To come down not dressed. When we ate Snei Tzadas is when we realized that we weren't dressed. Just show you the little comparisons that's going on here. So he wanted us to fail by the Mishnayayim. What was the, why were we punished? Why was Adam Chava punished? Because the Nachash never forced them to eat from the, from the tree. He didn't force them to eat from the tree. He didn't ask her to eat from the tree. You'll never see that the Nachash said, please eat from the tree. What happened was, what happened was, what he did is he fooled her. You ready? You ready to jump out of your chair back there? You ready for this? How did he fool her? All right, everyone, pull your cars to the side for this one. It's people listening while they drive and people listen while they cook. Careful, because I'm about to say something and I don't want you to burn yourself by accident. How did the Nachash fool Chava? Come on, guys, wake up. What did he do? What? He pushed her into what? How did Hashem take down the Nachaman? What did the Malach do? He pushed her onto Esther. Mida, Kenegan Mida. You took down Adam and Chava. You took down Chava by pushing her into the tree. How are we going to take you down? Came a Malach and pushed the Nachash into Chava. Instead of the Nachash pushing Chava into the tree, in the story where the reverse, where the whole thing gets reversed, the Malach pushes the Nachash, which is Haman, into Chava. In walks Nachash and Haman realizes and says that it's over, upon of Chafu. He realized that the ultimate revenge of what he did by pushing Chava into the tree to fool them, Hamina ate. Haman was from the eights, from the tree. He realized, Oh my gosh, HaKadosh Baruch Hu got me back exactly the reverse. I pushed her into the tree, now he pushed me into the tree. He pushed me onto her. Okay, she's over, let's go, let's go outside and dance. Let's go outside and dance. We have to dance, it's such a Dvar How could you not dance? You hear what's going on? You know me thousands of years later? The end of Haman was the exact opposite. You took down my creations by pushing her into a tree. I'm taking you down by you getting, you pushed her. Right? Last time you pushed her, now Malach pushed you onto her. That was it. He was finished because he always had an excuse. When Esther, when Esther, I get very excited to make Esther. When Esther said, there's a nation who wants to destroy my, my, my family, there's a very bad man, and the king said, who is he? And she said, Haman. So the king had to go outside because he had a big problem. He can't do anything to Haman because he gave the ring to Haman. So now they're going to go to court, right? And Haman is going to say, why do you want to hang me? It's the king's sign. The king gave me the key, the, the, key, the, the ring. So Ahasuerus knew that he couldn't help Esther. At the end of the day, it was his signature, not Haman's signature. 
So in Persian court, he's done. But when the Malach pushed her, pushed Haman onto her, so the king came out and he said, "You're physically attacking my my wife in the castle. There's no court case. It's death. You touched the princess. You're 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 physically trying to attack abuse her. You're finished." So he knew right then and there that he was done, because and therefore. He said right away, hang him right now. Don't take him to court. Let's not go to a judgment. I'm not hanging him because he wrote off the Jews because Achishverosh was part of that. I'm hanging him because this moment, I don't have to answer. He touched my queen. He's, he's gone. And that was the end of Haman. His pushing ended up getting him pushed. And that's what ended up killing killing Haman Hamina age, killing Nachash. And the whole party, the whole party, was based on wine because that's how they wanted to get the Jews and if you look at the Lashon it was a trap, it was a crazy trap if you look at the Lashon it says it all talks about, it doesn't talk about food at all it all talks about drinking the, the drinking kadas, ain't ones, ain't ones. nobody was forced in other words if the Jews could have said well you forced us to drink wine that Hashem wouldn't have punished us. He specifically wanted to replay the Eight Sadas. You drag it out of your own accord. Look at the posse. Eight Oines. Right? Because that was the rule of the king. Let them do whatever they want. Because he knew the only way he could take them down is they did it willingly. Now listen to some Kabbalah. Listen to some Kabbalah. So B'nai Saska says it's unbelievable. So she understood Esther Amalka was Chava, okay? She understood. And this is very deep. The only way to kill evil is with evil's own weapon. You can't kill evil with good. The, the, where does this come from? By Bilam, when Bilam was flying with his army against Klai Yisrael. So Pinchas took the tzitz, which said, Kaddish Lashem. And he, he, there were Jewish people flying in the Shemaim also, whatever, they were all flying. And they knocked Bilam to the ground. And Bilam, and, and he was severely wounded. And Pinchas went and took his sword. Now, his sword, these were magical swords, his, it was called the Sword of the Nachash. It had on the handles snakes. And Pinchas was going to kill Bilam. He had the tzitz in his hand. He was going to use the Shem Hashem, like Moshe Rabbeinu used by the Mitzri, and wipe out Bilam. Bilam was the biggest sorcerer. You couldn't kill him any other way. Moshe Rabbeinu said, don't you dare use the Shem Hashem. He said, use the Shem Hashem, even though you're going to kill him, evil is going to get Hashem's name, which is, we don't want to give them that name, which will give them crazy power. Kill him with his own sword. So Pinchas took his sword and he cut his head off. And Bilam became snakes. Thousands and thousands of snakes. That's what he became from that. So he, he, you have to kill the enemy with his own weapon. So Esther Amalka, who was Chava, who understood who, who, who the Nachash was, understood that the only way I could destroy Haman is using his own power, what he used. What did he use? He used the Mishnayayan. So she invited him 
specifically not to a meal, but also called the Mishnayayan. She took him back into his weapon of the of the Itzadas, right? So she had to use the same weapon. So when she invites him, if you look, it's unbelievable. Let's I'm just touching the surface. He says So they told him, they told, so listen to this. So he was going to this party and he was, he wanted to, um, cause God, Hashem, because he was Amalek, to be very angry at Kleistral. And the one name, there are 12, if you look at Rish Chodesh, right, there are 12 different ways that a God's name can be spelled. The worst way, which is din, is when Hashem's name is spelled backwards. Instead of yud ke vav ke, hey vav hey yud. Right? When you spell Hashem that way. What month is that? Anyone here know? What do you think? Tamas. The beginning, the beginning of the destruction. In Tamas, Hashem's name is spelled backwards. So Haman wanted to into the party that he was going to, God's name backwards. So if you look in the Pasuk, it says, when he came back, right, he said, and all this, it's not worth anything, as long as I see Mordechai Yehudi alive. So I'm going to make Hashem so angry, that Mordechai is going to be destroyed. If you look at the word, Zeh, the last letter of those words. So Zeh is a hey, Enenu is a vav, Shava is a hey, and Li is a yud. So Zeh, Enenu, Shavali, this is not worth anything to me unless God destroys Klai Yisrael. He spelled Hashem's name backwards. Esther said, really? Before you even get to the party, I'm going to make sure that Hashem's name that the whole party is based on Rachman so that we could destroy Haman. So she said, she said, now who's she talking to, guys? According to Moshua, right? Chazal, if it doesn't say Melech Rosh, she's talking to God. So she's talking to Hashem, and this is what she says. If I find favor in your eyes, the king, the and if it's okay with you, if it's good with you, you're going to listen to my bakasha, what I'm asking you for, right? To save Kleisrael. Yavo, Hamelech, the Haman, That was the second day, the first one. Ah, but Tom Esau Imal Hamelach Tov. If it's okay with the Melech, Yava, which is a Yud, Hamelach, which is a Hey, Vihaman. She added a word, letter. Vihaman and Haman, which is a Vav. Hayom today, Alamisha should see the light. 
So she put Hashem's name on the party, on the Mishnah. Yavu is a Yud, Hamelech is a Hey. Yud Hey, Vilhaman is a Vav, and Hayom is a Hey. Yud Hey, Vav Hey. So he was coming in to make it into Din. She already set up the whole Mishnah that's going to be Yud K Vav K, that's going to be Rachamim. This is not Stama's story. This is a war of the worlds. This was Adam and Chava against Haman. Of course, it's Hastaster, it's all hidden. And in the end, he comes to the party. Now, it's so, it's so beautiful. What else does it, does the Megillah talk about a lot? Talks about wine. What else does it talk about a lot? The Mida connected Mida in the Megillah is not normal. So how does he die? He dies by being pushed into Chava. The Nachash is being put into, pushed into Chava. How did we fall, how did Adam and Chava fall? Was by him pushing Chava. What did he push Chava into? The eights. So he hangs on the eights. You pushed her into an eights? That's how you got it to do an Avera? You will hang on an eights. The whole thing came from an eights? The whole thing came from wine? The whole thing came from pushing. You're going to die on it. You're going to hang on an eight by being pushed in the Malka and a Mishnah of Yayin. All three things came together at one point and that was how he was destroyed. You did three things. You did three things. You, she drank, she, you, you fought, you, because of you, she drank the wine. Because of you, she got pushed. And because of you, she got pushed into eight Adath, that's where she ate from. You're going down, and you're going down all three things. At a Mishta of Yayin, you're going to be pushed and be hung on the eights. Does God love us? Does God miss anything? A pure revenge. But at the end of the day, we assimilated again. We did it again. Why does Hashem hate assimilation so much? The Torah said you shouldn't marry a guy. It's one of the law, one of six hundred, right? It's one of six hundred thirty mitzvahs. Why is that worse than eating chazer? It's like we rip our clothing, we sit shiva if someone assimilates. So I understand if a guy marries a non-Jewish girl, the children are, are not Jewish. So it's the end. Of, it's it's like it's finished. We don't have any more right continuation. But what about the other way? The girl's a Jew. And the guy's not a Jew, so the children are Jewish, so what's so terrible about it? So I explained to them yesterday, there's a Mishnah. What was it, what was such a terrible thing they went to this party? One guy was like, you don't know what you're doing? He was Adam. He's like, you're doing this again? I went through this. Do not go to that party. And they're like, kosher wine, mavushal. We didn't let the guy, te- you know, we had Jewish waiters. Food was glot kosher, no problem. Right? So what, what did they do wrong? So first of all, you're gonna get drunk. He's bringing women to dance on tables. He's giving you wine from from the from the kalim of the of the base amigda. So hello, right? And they were like, no, you have to go. It's you know political and nah, 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 whatever it was. It's very interesting because it says that when they realized that they were doing something wrong, when, it, when Shabbos came. On Shabbos, I read a whole shot, I don't remember it. On Shabbos, they had to stop. 
and they kept Shabbos, and because, because of Shabbos, I don't remember exactly, but because this party went on through many Shabbos. So, so what's the problem with the assimilation, assimilation? The whole problem of assimilation, right? The minute we start to assimilate Holocaust, the minute we start to assimilate Spanish Inquisition, the minute we start to assimilate Crusades, every time we get comfortable, right? What's so bad about it? And the answer is the Mishnah Pekeros. The Mishnah says, Who are you, Aimer? Right, Rabbi Kiva said, Chaviv Adam Shinnibur B'Tzalem, everyone is created in a Tzalem Alekim. Because there's only one of us, each guy here, right? There's only one of you. There'll never be another one of you. And then, and there never was another one of you. So you are the only one, and that's what makes you like God. You're Haya Haya You were, you are, and you will be. Right? There's only one person. That's it. You're never gonna get another chance. There's Gugulu Mitikunim, but it's not the same you. The next Gilgul, if you're in a Gilgul, so it's you plus this plus that plus that makes up that other person. There's never gonna be another you. Some people are happy about that, some people are not. Right? There's never gonna be another you. But the mice will never be another you. That's godliness. God is one, and Chaim is one, and Maisha is one, and Yehuda is one, and Miriam is one. So we're all godly, because there's never going to be another Wallerstein. Right? My mother's happy, but there'll never be another Wallerstein. So, so the mission starts off telling you, you're so lucky you're telling Malikim, you're not a, you're not a, you're not a, a, <laughs> a school of fish. You have your own fingerprint, you're different than anyone else. Even if you, even your Siamese twin has a different fingerprint than you. Okay, very nice. And the Goyim, the Goyim also have that. But, Chavivi Yisrael, says the Mishnah. Chai Yisrael is very much loved by Hashem. Very close to Hashem. Why? Because we are called Baramatam Hashem. Chavivi Yisrael, the Mishnah says, a special love, because we are the children of Hashem. And Hashem gave us Chavivin, he gave us this beautiful lekach toiv, this beautiful present called the Torah. When you assimilate, you are saying, I don't want to be your son. And I don't want your present. I want to be like everyone else that's not your son. I don't want to be part of this family. I don't want to be the prince. I don't want to be your son. And I don't want your presents. That's assimilation. You don't want to be my son? You don't want to have my presents? I'm going to show you what all the people that you're running out of being my child, and you want to join this whole world that are not my children, right? They're my creations. You know what I'm So I'm going to show you that where you're running to, what they think of you. And then all of a sudden we find out that we really want to be his son. And, and therefore, assimilation is a slap in God's face. So when they went to this party, it was huge. And, hum, and the Malach of, of Esau saw a chance that Hashem was angry at. He saw a chance to have us destroyed. So he came in front of God and he said, it's time to destroy Klaishra. And Hashem said to him, okay, but why would, why would I make you the Shliach? Why, in other words, Esau wants to be the one that's going to wipe us out. Why do you deserve to be the Shliach to, to kill my children? Maybe they deserve it. Why you? And he said, because my grandfather, Esav, was the biggest in, in Kibbut of Aim. And therefore, in that schus of his Kibbut of Aim, we should be the chosen nation to kill the Jews. So he said, I hear you. He had a big mitzvah. The Medrash says that he put a suit on and a tie every time he went to serve his father a tea. He had the most unbelievable Kibbut of Aim. So, yeah. So Haman got permission. He wrote Xerah. Loved them to destroy us. 
on the schus of Kibbutz Aim, says the Medrash. Or one came to Malach Michal and said to Hashem, it's true, he had, he had great Kibbutz Aim, but in this generation that you want to destroy all the Jews, there's a young girl who has bigger Kibbutz Aim than Esau. You see, Esau, as good as he was, he did some bad stuff. He married a Kanani, they did Abay Dezara, the smoke out of Yitzhak's eyes. So he was an unbelievable Kibbutz Aim, but he wasn't perfect. This girl is perfect. Who is this girl? Esther. How's Esther perfect? She never had parents. So she never came home late. She never answered them back. She never gave them agita. She was the perfect girl, perfect giver of aim. So Michal said, hey, you can't destroy the Jews of this generation. They have a girl that represents the ultimate giver of aim. So the Malach of, of Haman of, of, of Amalek said, it's very nice. She never did anything wrong, but she never did anything right. She never, she never made a mother a tea. She never made a coffee. She never did anything for there. So it's very nice. She never did anything wrong, but she never did anything right. Okay? Destroy the Jews. Akin Malach Michal. He said, one second, Hashem. We have a special, we have a special father. He sort of gives us an edge. What's the edge? Machshavah Kemaisa when it comes to a mitzvah. If you want to do a mitzvah and something happens, well, I used to get the mitzvah. Someone knocks on the door, collects the daka, and we all go collect dollars. By the time we get to the door, he's gone. You put the dollar back in your pocket, it's considered like you did the mitzvah. Because Machshavah Kemaisa. By an Avera, if you want to do an Avera, and you're on your way to do the biggest sin, and you're in a car accident, you never get to do the sin, it's not considered that you do a sin, so the edge is, when you have a thought to do a sin, it's not considered a sin. When you have a thought to do a mitzvah, it's considered a mitzvah. God gives his own, his kids an edge. So Michal said, if you look at Esther Amalka's history, you'll see that every single morning she got up, and she, Davin Hashem, why don't I have parents, I want to do Kibbutz of Aim. Not she wanted to go to PTA or that she buy her something. She wanted to do Kibbutz of Aim and she had no parents. So every single day, all she thought about was, I want to do Kibbutz of Aim, I have no parents. So she was the perfect Kibbutz of Aim. So she was the only one in that generation that could take down Haman, who came from Esau, who had a very good Kibbutz of Aim. So Hashem created the Rufua before the Makkah. Her parents both died way before Haman decided to destroy us. Comes along Mordechai and says to her, if you're going to waver, because it doesn't make sense. Like, like if my niece, right, I was sending her on such a mission where she's probably going to die because he's not going to put the scepter down, right? She's probably going to die. The, the, the whole setup of that Haman did is he made a new rule. And, and his rule was that you cannot see the king unless he invites you. The reason he did that, he didn't want any of the Jews who were power players in the government to be able to get to the king. So the king didn't have any visitors because if you weren't invited, they chopped your head off. It was Haman's whole thing. That was his thing. So Esther's like, I'm, I'm not going to make it. So, so if I was her uncle, what would I tell her? I would say, listen, you got to save the Jews. I love you. You're my niece. I'm going to daven. All my yeshivas are going to daven. We're going to fast for three days. We're going to have kindness for tzniyas and all the beisakos. We're going to say the whole tehillim. Everyone's going to light candles 15 minutes early for Shabbos. We're going to say, what's that prayer about all the animals, right? The tulas of the, what the people say in the morning. The shira. We're going to do all, all the schoolers. We're going to do every school that exists. And then we're going to daven. Hashem's going to, Hashem's going to give you siyat and Instead, you know what he tells her? If you don't go, you, you're lost. Your parents are lost. And who needs you anyway? We'll get it from somewhere else. 
That's what you talk to your niece? Who you're sending on a death mission? Where's the light? Well, down for you. Don't worry about it. I will help you. Answer is, he wasn't trash talking her. He was saying, Esther, if you don't go, the whole thing that you have no family will be wasted. The whole reason that Hashem made your parents die was so that you could beat Haman. You'd be the only one in the world to beat Haman. But if you don't go, then they didn't have to die. You could have parents. You could have been in school. You could have had them your whole life. The reason they died was for this moment. So if you don't step up, if you don't use your pain for gain, if you don't use the pain for gain, then the whole thing is wasted. The abuse is wasted. Whatever you went through is wasted. He wasn't trash talking her. He said, but I'm telling you right now, what's even going to be worse for you? That if you don't go, you lost your parents for no reason, and on top of that, someone else is going to save us. It's going to hurt you even more. So she said, you're right. But I can't go and lift cholesterol diamonds and fast and does everything that they have to do for me. So I told the girls yesterday that, you know, we go through stuff. Everybody goes through stuff. Everyone, you know, some people have worse trauma and other traumas. And in your head, you always have to have those two words. They're always in my head. If you're not going to step up, step up, mister. If you're not going to step up, it's going to come from somewhere else. There's going to be an Ornava. There's going to be a this and a that. It's just you're not going to be the one that's going to have this chus. And you know what? Then why did you need to suffer? You only suffered so that you understand the pain so that you could help others. Then you're suffering. Your suffering was wasted. If you did nothing with it, it's wasted. You have to do something with it. If you can't. If you're not shattered into so many pieces, if you can, you gotta do something with it. You can't sit there and lick your wounds. You gotta get up and do something. This is, this was the lesson of Esther Amalka. I wanna end, I wanna end with something. Yesterday, when I, when I, when I was, I, I got into my car after my share yesterday in, in Valley Torah, I was mamish like, I had to sit in there for 10 minutes to just come down. And I left with this, with this, and, and that's why I want to go back to the Pasha. It actually connects to this week's Pasha. Shimshim Pinkus in the most amazing shir that I ever heard on Purim, the most amazing shir I ever heard in my life, is his shir on Purim. And he says, Purim is the holiest yantif by far in the whole year. It says, whatever you ask for on Purim, Hashem gives you. Why? How do you know that? Because it says that when it comes to tzedakah on Purim, right? If someone puts out his hand, you have to put something in it. How do you say that in Hebrew? Kol? Kol apayshayad? Nothan? Nice anymore, right. Who puts out his hand, gift him. So, so all the Kabbalistic writings and Chazal say that if you put out your since that's the din on Purim, if you put out your hand to Hashem, he has to put something in it. Doesn't say that by Yom Kippur. It's much bigger than Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is Yom Kippurim. Yom Kippur is like Purim, which means that Purim is greater. If I say RC Cola is like Coca Cola, what's the real brand? Coca Cola. I'm comparing. So Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur 
is like Purim. Purim is much bigger. Much bigger than Yom Kippur. Why? Why? So it says that Mordechai went out into the middle of the street and he said that I know through Ocha Kodesh that I saw the Xerah that Hashem wrote that we would be destroyed. So he ripped his clothing, he put ash out, he sat, he didn't keep it secret. You know, normally a rabbi, it would be very, very scary if Rav Chaim got up and said, you should all know that God just wrote us all off. Why did Mordechai do that? Like, right? So it says he specifically did it. He wanted Kleisfeld to do tshuva, but he, he told Kleisfeld, he said, I Ruch HaKodesh, God wrote us to be destroyed. The first time in Jewish history ever, ever, that Hashem wrote Xavier to destroy us. Every time Hashem was thinking of it, Moshe Rabbeinu broke it. But you Hashem, Egel, Man, Slav, Water, we feed them everywhere. Moshe Rabbeinu was always there, he broke it. Here, it was written, it was signed by God. So we knew God gave up on us. Our rabbis, Mordechai, we hated. He was the one who got us into it. Why'd you bow down? If you were to bow down, I wouldn't lose, I'm not going to lose my kids, my wife, and everything that I have. You decide you don't want, you want to be a Rebbe, and you don't want to bow down, now, we're all going to be destroyed. So they, they hated him. So the rabbi, out. God wrote us off. We had a princess, right, in the White House. Everyone knew, we knew, we had Esther. She's the queen. She's not going to let us go down. Don't worry about it, guys. In the end, we're going to be okay. We got the queen. We got Kushner. We're good. We got a Jew in the White House. One day, right? I don't know if it was Mishpacha or the Jewish press or who came out with it that morning, the Shushan press, right? Esther invited Hitler, Yemach Shemal, to a party. Haman was worse or the same. Amalek. What? Traitor! She's getting paid off! Esther invited Haman to a party? Must be a mistake. A day later, she invited him to another party! She's one of them! We don't have a girl in the White House. We have an enemy, a traitor. We have a rabbi that got us into all this trouble, and God wrote us off. First, time in the history of the world, the Jewish nation had no one. We had nowhere to go. We had no one to save us. God wrote us off. We were finished. I think most of us were gone off the dark at that point. Right? The Jewish Tzadikistah is a traitor. The rabbi he was so full of himself that he got us into this problem. God, you wrote me off. So if you wrote me off, I write you off. I'm out of here. The whole nation, OTD. Off to see the wizard. Instead, we all got together. We fasted for three days. We sat on the floor. We davened. We cried. We learned. We took all our children. They also fasted for three days, it says. Tineke Shabbat Rabbah. They sat in the yeshivas day and night and learned. And God looked down at the Jewish nation and said, I wrote you off. 
I signed your death warrant. And you're sitting and praying to me? And you're sitting and learning? I wrote you off? And your reaction to that is that you want to get closer to me? That you're not writing me off? There was never a feeling in Shemayim from Hashem to us like that feeling. Ever. We broke everything. It's like a husband that's, that's writing a divorce to his wife and his wife's telling him, no matter what you do, I'll love you anyway. There's a very famous story from Shem Baichai. True story is brought down that there was a woman and a man that were married for 10 years and had no children. The Gemara says, if you're married 10 years and you have no children, if, if, if it's the wife's problem, not yours, you should marry someone else and you should have children. It's a very famous story. They went to Shem Baichai and it was 10 years and Shem Baichai said, you're Machayef tomorrow to write a divorce, but you should, you should go home tonight and you should make a Mishnah because they loved each other anyway. You should make a Mishnah, the same party you made for the wedding, the two of you should make a Mishnah. Uh, uh, a, sep- uh, a, a, a separation, a divorce mishnah. So they sat at the, uh, at, at the at the meal together, the two of them, and he turned to her. In those days, the law was: if you get divorced, the, the woman has to go back, goes back to her father's home. That's it. And and the man stays in the home that he that he that he's living in, and the woman goes back to her father. Gemara talks many times after the divorce. You know, she goes back to her father. He's a koyin. Does she eat true or whatever? So it's brought down. It's a very ridiculous story. So. Um, so he's sitting there, the husband, he says to his wife, you know, tomorrow morning, you're going to go back, you know, you're going to go back to, to your father's house. Listen, I'm not Machayev to do this, but because I love you so much, we have paintings, we have silver, we have some very precious things in the house. You could take one thing, right, because he's only Machayev to give a ksuva. He's not Machayev to give her anything else. On top of the ksuva, you could take the, whatever you feel, a picture, a painting, dime, whatever you want, the most precious thing in the house you could take with you, and Michael, you can have it. And Lamai said it was a very sad night for the two of them, because it was it after 10 years. And he was drinking a lot, because he was in a lot of sorrow. He loved her very much. And he totally blitzed out. He totally drunk. He was very drunk. He fell asleep. So she went next door to the yeshiva, and she got four boys. It's a famous story. She got four boys, and they carried his bed while he was sleeping to her father's house. And he gets up the next morning, and he's not in his house. He's in her father, his father-in-law's house. And he wakes up and he says, what am I doing here? She says, you said that I could take with me the most precious thing in the house. You're the most precious thing in the house. It's a true story. It's brought down. You hear? Would we all say the same thing? Okay, we'll talk about it one day. Anyway, so they go back to Rav Because now he has a problem. He said with his mouth that she could take back whatever she, the one thing she wants. And now he, she took him, but he, he gave his word. So now it's a nether. Well, it's a big problem. He comes to Rabbi Shemachai, and he tells the, he tells the story. Rabbi Shemachai says to him, such love is going to be ma'ayrer in Shemayim, Hashem's love for Klai Yisrael, and that's because she'll have a child. And that year they had a child. No divorce. It's a very famous story. That's what happened here. Hashem said, I give up on you. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You're dead. All of you. Your wives, your children, everybody. I'm done with you. I'm done. You're finished. I'm done. We said, Hashem, you're done with us, but we're not done with you. And that feeling, Christ will never had for God. It's like, you wrote me off? You don't want me anymore? Doesn't matter. I still want you. We went to learn, to fast, to daven. 
We say we're not giving up on you. You gave up on us, God. We will not give. We will go down. We will die. But we will never give up on you. So that feeling broke Xerus of Shimshon into smithereens. Hashem never had that feeling from Yisrael Ever. And every Purim, that feeling comes back to the world. He says, Yom Kippur, it's fear. This was the ultimate kimu v'kiblu. Klaishro was makabal Hashem with a love on a level that doesn't exist. On Purim, stick out your hand. Because God remembers every year that I gave up on them, but they didn't give up on me. How could I not help them? That's the kimu v'kiblu. That was the first time we were makabal ba'ahava. We weren't forced. We were makabal ba'ahava on Purim. It is such a powerful Crazy day, and that's when the Xero got ripped up on that day because of Kishbochu's unbelievable love that happened. And our scripture says that happens every single year, and therefore Hashem turns to us and says, "I didn't make the miracle. I did a Hanukkah. I made it burn for eight days. I made you beat the Greeks, the Maccabees. That was mine. This is yours. I wrote you off. There was no miracle here." I wrote you should all die. I didn't do any miracle. You wrote the miracle. Because you did not give up on me. So you know what? Go with your families. Klai Yisrael. On that day that you showed me that love, have a su'uda. Drink. Go with your friends. Go with the poor people. Read the Megillah and and, and read to the world what you did. There's no mitzvah for me on that day. There's no mitzvah for me. We don't even say hello. There's no, nothing. Hashem says, it's your day. You made Purim happen. Not me. I wrote you off. And therefore, the whole Kleistral celebrates on Purim. And because Haman was the cause of this crazy love, this crazy relationship that we gave Hashem on Purim, because without him the whole thing wouldn't happen, you have to drink enough to say Baruch Haman. To say Baruch Haman, Haman, you get a bracha. You know why? Because we were getting divorced. We were being destroyed. And you put us back together. You pushed us because of what we were going through. You pushed us back into God's hand. So in the physical world, you wanted to kill me. But in the spiritual world, I owe you something. Because the whole thing was a spiritual thing. So I owe you something. So I have to drink enough to take me out of the physical world I have to drink enough from the eight tzadasas and carefully to this. I have to drink enough wine, which is the tikkun, to fix the wine on Purim, to fix the wine of the eight tzadas from Haman, Chava, Mordechai, the whole speech that we have, right? Because there's something good about the nachash too. Because when you beat the eight Sahara, that's when you get your schar. So even though he wants you to do an Avera and he's really bad, but there's a little bit good from him because when he wants you to do Avera and you overcome it, right? It's an amazing, amazing schus that you get. So even though his intention is that you should sin, but just like Haman, by breaking you and by not listening to you, I owe you a little bit. Through what? Through Yayin. Because what? Yayin is the one that made the Tevara. Without Yayin, there wouldn't have been a Yetzirah. So through Yayin, there's a little bit of a bracha for you. So the whole thing is like, is like amazing.
So let's end with this week's parsha. So he says here, beautiful. He says the kruvim, the kruvim, when we were b'shalom, when we were b'shalom, they looked at each other, right? And when we were Muhammad, they looked away from each other. When the guy and the Romans came into the base of Midrash when it was burning, and we were very bad, we were being thrown out of Israel, the Kruvim were looking at each other and they were intertwined. So they asked a question, it was, we were not doing well, they should have been looking away from each other. So why were they looking at each other? Why were the Kruvim looking at each other? They should have been the other way around. They were entwined, the guy even made fun, the, 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 the guy was saying, like, what is this, this obscene picture over here, right? They serve a white desert also. So the Magid Mimezerich says, Megwidik, Halachi is, Chayav Adam Lifkredis Ishte Bishashi Yetzah, that a man should become, um, what's the word? Uh, you know, when, when a, a, a woman and a man are very close, when they're together intimate, that a man should be intimate with his wife, He's going on a long trip, so the night before he should be intimate with his wife. So he says, he says, Yisrael is the wife, is the Kala of Hashem, and the Bnei Yisrael were going away for a very long time. So Kadosh Baruch Hu was in the Bechina of Yetzel and Derech of Yachal, that the Kadosh Baruch Hu was going away, the husband was going away, and therefore, before he goes away, he has to be intimate. And that's why the Kruvim were intertwined with each other. That's the relationship. Is that amazing? That's the Magen. And then he also says, <coughs> like this. This is unbelievable. He says it's true. He says, Akash Baruch was very upset at Klai Yisrael, right? That's why the Beit was was destroyed, was being destroyed. And he was very bedin, he was very angry. And at that point, the Kruvim were not looking at each other. In what did this, the Romans? And Hashem saw the Romans? He said, compared to the Romans? Klai Yisrael is amazing. So they turned to each other because Hashem realized that even though we weren't good compared to everyone else, we were amazing. So it brought shalom to Akash Baruch Hu, that his nation is different than any other nation. May we all be zaycha in this chusah Purim. You have to daven on Purim. You have to daven on Purim. And on Tanis Esther. In this Purim you have no excuses because it's Matzah Shabbos. And Matzah Shabbos means you can sleep during Shabbos so you don't have to be in a rush to go through it. What's the one that we say for Ayelah Sashachar? Anyone know which word is Ayelas HaShachar? Oh yeah, Chavbez. So you're supposed to say Perek Chavbez in Tehillim and Tanis Esther, very important for girls and men, and specifically on Purim also. Because Ayelas HaShachar was who? Was Esther. And if you look inside, right? She said, Keli, Keli, Lama Zavtani, right? She says the following, and we'll leave this. Says Esther, you threw me out of my mother's womb because she died at childbirth. You threw me out. Um, 
You were my God the minute I came out of my mother, my mother's womb, because there was no one there for me. Please don't be far away from me, because because there was a tzarek, there was no savior, there was no leader that could save me. There was no you. You wrote me. You're the only one that could save me. I tell you for shayeg. That's that's Rome. And she talks about the, if you go through the whole thing, you might see the whole. Um, you see the whole story here. She says also the alavushi yapilu goyrel. Yapilu goyrel. The reason it's called Purim is because of a goyrel that was thrown, a lottery that was thrown. And, and if you have to read through it, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's amazing and. Um, so Lamai said it's a very big thing to say Chavbeis, and to daven on, on Purim is, is, is and, and, and my, my tefillah to everyone is that even if you feel in your life, God forbid, you should never feel like this. That you know I daven and and, and and I try and I'm close to Hashem like she was, and I'm a tznuah and I'm doing all my mitzvahs, and these guys come and pull me out of my room out of the, with the door being locked, and you feel like sometimes you feel like that Hashem gave up on you. You just like I keep calling you. I keep calling you. I feel like Hashem, you just gave, you gave up on me. Take the kayach of Purim and understand it's the wrong feeling. God never gives up on you. But if you have that feeling, come back with you may have given up on me, but I will never give up on you. I will never give up on you. I will never give up on you. That was Purim. That was the moment. That's what ripped the Shemayim. And, and Rav Shimshin says that every single year, it's like it's like oh, this is what he compared it to. It's like someone's about to get divorced, right? And they're done, and the guy's giving her a divorce, and then someone comes along and puts them back together. And they come back together, of course, making peace, and the rest of their life is amazing. So every year, it doesn't matter when they got married. So they got married in September, right? And then we're going to get divorced in, in July. And then someone put them together in July, and they lived happily ever after, right? So, they're going to celebrate their anniversary in July. Because the day you put us back together, we'll never forget. We were, we were getting divorced. So he says, Purim is the day that we came, we came back together, that, that, that Hashem's children didn't give up on him. And he saw that, and, and, and we got put back together. So that year, every year is an anniversary that a God celebrates and tells his angels, this is the day that I wrote them off. I was ready to divorce them, that they should all die. This is the day that my, my Kala showed me so much love. So this is our anniversary. The anniversary of Klai Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu is on Purim. And that's why it's such a big day. May we be Zaycheh and the whole Klai Yisrael to see the Kruvim facing each other once again. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.